Living Faith Church. I'm Claire Kingsley, and it's our Go Time Conference. This is a special podcast series for our Global Outreach Conference. In these two weeks, we are releasing five podcasts, introducing our missionaries to you, and giving them an opportunity to tell us a few stories from their time in missions. We want these stories to be an encouragement to you and prompt you to praise God for the work He's doing in and through our missionaries. On this podcast, we're also asking you to prayerfully consider joining their support team. This could look like financial, prayer support, or signing up for regular updates and sending our missionaries regular encouragement. On today's episode, I interview Kathy Small. She's been a part of our missions family for 28 years. She transitioned to Guatemala City, Guatemala three years ago, and prior to that, she was serving in Peru and Venezuela. I hope that you enjoy listening to my interview with Kathy, and thank you for taking the time to listen to our Go Time podcast. Kathy, we're so glad to have you on our podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Yeah. Um, so, Kathy, for a listener who doesn't know you well or about what you do um, day in and day out, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry? I currently am teaching at a seminary in Guatemala City. Um, most of my ministry is in Venezuela and then Peru was more coming alongside the church um, and helping train leaders. Um, but I am a teacher by training. So to be honest, it's, it's been kind of nice to come full, uh, full circle mm-hmm. back to what I love to do. Great. So you've been teaching seminary classes. Yes. And tell us about those classes, what you're teaching and who you're reaching. Okay. Um, I reach both men and women. Um, most of them are Guatemalan. However, with now classes being online, um, we're able to reach actually some people outside of Guatemala, which, is, which has really been nice. I, I teach a population of people who, for varying reasons, um, cannot enter, let's say, a, it's called a licenciatura, what that, that's Spanish for basically entering at the college level. Some, it's lack of time, some, they don't meet the educational requirements variety of reasons. So I reach people, some are quite young, in their 20s. Some people are in their 60s. Some people are from the city or a decent sized city. And a number of the people come from very small towns where their first language may not have been Spanish. Mm-hmm. So quite a variety of people, and I don't really have some specific uh, courses that I teach. Some of the courses that I have taught um, and that I really like to do, I love to teach the class of Acts. Um, right now, I'm teaching a new course on methods of uh, Bible study, basically teaching people how to observe, interpret, and apply scripture. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my thoughts regarding the Guatemalan church in general are being confirmed 
by what some of these students share. Um, I also teach um, an Old Testament course, the history, history books. Um, I've taught a class on relational conflicts, which I enjoy. So just a variety. That's great. So you mentioned you love teaching on the book of Acts. If we were taking your class and studying the book of Acts, what would you want us to walk away with or remember about the book? Well, we're only halfway through, not even halfway through, but what would I want people to walk away with? That the book of Acts, while it is a historical book, it gives us so much, so, so much information and guidelines of what the church should look like today. Um, not necessarily in terms of structure, but obviously it has leadership qualifications, but we also see what the life was like of early Christians and their passion to share scripture or, or to share God's word regardless of the effects that it was going to have upon them. Sure. Yeah. So even this past week in class, I had two students based on some specific episodes in the book of Acts. I had students divided into groups on Zoom and they were talking through a couple different issues. And one of the issues was um, we looked at um, Acts 6 where uh, the Greek, uh, the Greek speaking people are complaining about the, the Jewish people and saying that their widows weren't really being taken care of. And it's inter interesting how um, the apostles basically put it in their hands to tell them, look, you choose people that have these qualifications and they'll take care of it. It's not like the apostle said, okay, let us add that to our agenda of what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And so the, one of the questions that they were working through was, what, what does it look like in the churches they attend? How, how are people expecting that the pastors, okay, let me add that to my list. That's another thing we got to take care of. Mm -hmm. Or in their churches, are they realizing that the congregation has so much of a responsibility mm -hmm. in that church? Mm -hmm. so be a participating person, not just an observer or exactly. someone just getting things out of church. And I mean, it, that hasn't changed much, Kathy, right? No. We still no. have the same issues. But it's been so much fun because um, I'm not a lecture type person. I never have been. And I so much enjoy helping students discover, mm -hmm. discover things in scripture and then to wrestle with it according to their context. I think a true teacher also loves when their students get to discover and unveil those things for themselves. I think you can tell that's my passion from mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Yes, I can hear it. 
So, uh, Kathy, on this topic of teaching, um, how has teaching looked different for you this year since um, stay-at-home orders and COVID-19 has changed everything? Um, how has it, what's it been like to juggle virtual and online schooling? I, I like it. Um, there's no problem with not liking it. And I've discovered that it really gives me opportunities to connect with students more one-on-one, -on -one, even though if it's in chats, you know, mm -hmm. WhatsApp is used a lot here. So yeah. we use that. Um, I've discovered that it takes a lot more time and discover and talking just with some of my colleagues. I just saw one today and I was talking to another one yesterday that it takes so much more time um, preparing the class, preparing um, activities for the students to do during the class time. Mm -hmm. connecting with them when they're not there or when they are there and telling them, you know, we're praying for them, or I really appreciated such and such a comment you made. Um, that's that's the, the good part. The other part I've discovered is I have a hard time really keeping a schedule. I had gotten to the point that I worked when, you know, my hours to work at the seminary, you know, when they were done, I really worked hard to be able to come home and to disconnect. Sure. But I was telling a colleague today, there's not a single day of the week that I don't work. You know, mm -hmm. maybe I don't go to the office. I do go to the office some, but it's not like I work eight hours at the office and then I come home. Sure. So that, that has been a challenge. Yes. Continuing to, to work on. Yeah. I hear that from quite a few people that the boundaries have changed. It's yeah. like anything is, there's nothing off limits, right? With, um, we're able to be reached and we're accessible all the time and we need to be because things are constantly changing or we're, you know, I don't think that that makes it okay, but I do think that it, many people will agree with you and identify with what you're going through. Mm -hmm. It's really exhausting. It is. And that's probably why I needed my nap today. Yes. Yeah, so tell me what you like to do to restore your soul or um, just to enjoy your free time if you get some or find some. I do. Um, it's more of a challenge right now since March, but um, I like to quilt. Right now I'm trying, I'm in the process of trying to cut the pieces um, to make a bed quilt for me. Mm -hmm. I like to cook, I like to bake, I like to read. And one of the things that I've always enjoyed, regardless of the country I lived in, is going out with friends for coffee. And that hasn't been possible, but oh, maybe a couple months ago, two friends of mine at Faith, when we're together, we like to go out for tea or have tea in our home, you know, kind of mm -hmm. the, the high tea British thing. And so we had a tea over Zoom. Everybody brought their own beverage and that whatever food they wanted. So we had a tea over Zoom. 
That's wonderful. I think we have had to get creative recently, right? I think that sounds good. Yeah. So Kathy, why don't you tell us about uh, the, just the journey of God prompting and leading you into missions for your, um, for the last 28 years? Sure. I am a teacher by background, and I was teaching in Mooresville, Indiana. I don't know if you know where that's at. It's just outside Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And through my family and at Faith, I had been, a po- I had been um, exposed to missions. And it was during probably starting the late 80s, maybe early 90s, that I began to sense that you know, maybe God was calling me to teach elsewhere. Um, and I thought specifically of schools for missionary kids that some I know don't have qualified teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they get what they can. And so, you know, that led me through a journey. I'll be honest, it was kind of a difficult journey but one I'd gladly go through again. And that brought me to teach at a school for missionary kids in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was really that way, God just showing me that in my own profession, God could use me. Mm-hmm. I've seen that oftentimes in the mission field where things that people really like to do or experiences that they've had, God opens the door um, to be able to use that in some kind of context um, on the mission field. I think, yeah, that's a lot of truth. That's, I agree with that. Um, no one's exempt. <laughs> no skill set is exempt from being called, I think. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so what has God been doing in your ministry and do you have any stories or things to share with us that would prompt us to praise God with you and things that you are also praising God for? Well, I thought about maybe just sharing a couple stories of just students over the years. Um, I love that. One, when I taught this relationship conflict um, course. I also am a facilitator for the Sharpening Interpersonal Skills Workshop. So I kind of was able to combine those two things. And um, I remember at the end of the course, one of my students came up to me. He was a, a guy probably in his 30s, maybe in his 40s, married, family. And he said, you know, one of the most important things I've learned is that I tend to make decisions for our family without ever consulting my wife. And I've realized that that's wrong. And I I need to listen to her. So, I mean, that just made the world that was so important to me because Latin Americans tend to be known for being, a you know, a I can think of the word in Spanish, machista, kind of the macho culture. Sure. So hear a, a man say that and, and with a heartfeltedly, not sure if that's even a word, mm-hmm. but that encouraged me. Yes. And then even last year, I, I uh, disciple a group of students. 
And these are students that are teaching on the college level at the seminary. And so um, usually every year, well, we meet at certain times during the year. And then at the end of the school year, I always invite them out. They choose a restaurant and we just go out for lunch and talk. And I, this last year, um, we were sitting there and talking and one of the one of the young gals she didn't quite know how to address what she wanted to talk to me about but she said you know you you as a single woman are investing in people and she said you know right now i'm not married but i work with a group of women at my church that really struggle and many of the, the ladies who are not married, they so want to be married that they are, uh, one of them is having an affair with a married man. Mm -hmm. You know, others I see that are probably close to being able to take that step. Um, how, how do you handle being single successfully? Mm -hmm. probably weren't her exact words but just to be able to talk to her about you know joy has nothing to do with your marital status mm -hmm. and to be able to give her some tools and also I gave her a book for grad her graduation you know that might help her in that in that area she would be working with single women um, back in her home church. Mm -hmm. so those you. are just two stories. Um, there are many, many more, mm -hmm. but a, it really is a sense of fulfillment, investing in people and seeing God change them. Yes. And God using you as you are to be mm -hmm. part of that, a part of what he's doing. And thank you so much for sharing those stories. I think I hear um, it was both God using like your skills as teaching and also just your life and your circumstance to be able to encourage others around you. And, um, that's an encouragement to us. Thank you. Happy to share that. So would you, do you have any stories to share about God's provision? Maybe a time when you thought ministry was, you didn't know what the future of ministry, your ministry looked like, um, or it was, seemed like in a terrible, it's all coming crashing down. What are you going to do? How did God redeem that? Um, I think the thing that comes most to mind is, was, was the decision to leave Peru and move to Venezuela. Um, I had come to the point over my 11, yeah, 11, 11 and a half years there working with this church that God had really built up uh, not only a women's ministry, but he had built up a group of people who were capable of teaching other people in, in the discipleship program of the church. And I remember that I was not really happy. There was this unrest. And um, I came to realize that the longer I stayed, the longer it would be 
for people to assume responsibilities for things that they were prepared to do. And about the same time, I, I was just reminded again of how much I love to teach. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about, I had known about the seminary here, but I didn't really know much about it, but I knew somebody who taught here. And so God just put all those pieces together to show me that it, it was time to leave where I was. I mean, I suppose you could say I was comfortable but I knew that my presence wasn't going to do the church any good. Mm-hmm. But that is a difficult, um, it's difficult to move, let alone moving countries. Um, and so tell me, what's it like, what's your experience like moving from these three countries that are in a similar location in South America, but um, are the cultural experiences really different from one country to another? And how long does it take for you to feel like you are comfortable, as you said, or you've established yourself in a community? Probably took longer in Venezuela, and maybe that's because it was my first uh, experience, you know, living living overseas. In terms of of, like, identifying cultural issues, I've learned that within different countries, there are different cultural things. Um, Where I lived for most of my time in Venezuela, it had, um, it was a couple hours, maybe three from the Caribbean. And so there was a lot of Caribbean influence in Eastern Venezuela, you know, and, and People loved to party and they loved to laugh and they were very open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I developed some great relationships there that are still important relationships today mm-hmm. that I might not have developed if, if I had lived in a different part of the country where people were more reserved. Sure. Um, so then I get to... Peru and people kept telling me Kathy don't expect what you had in Venezuela and I learned that with a group of people that we were working with and in a part of a country that was known to be very independent that um, it was hard for people to open up. They, they might open up on a, a surface level, but for, for them to really open up and develop deep relationships like I had in Venezuela, I was told not to expect that. Mm-hmm. And in essence, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Was that lonely, more isolating? Oh, I don't know that it was necessarily more lonely because, you know, I had a lot of friends, you know, friends that I would do things with. Um, I had a family that I spent Christmas with every year that I was there. And it was a Peruvian family and they weren't even Christians, but it was very surface level. It was hard to get down to the heart level. And I'm not even sure I ever really got there. Uh So then when I moved here, it, it was just another move. 
you know, I felt comfortable. I spoke Spanish well enough. Um, but I'm in a totally different setting here than if I lived perhaps in a more indigenous community. Sure. So I, I don't think that you can really say, you know, culture and expect the same thing for a whole country because it really is not. But the moves definitely became uh, easier. Okay. So how did God make it clear to you to pursue this teaching? I think that God used some people at Faith Church to help me in that process. And um, I was invited to come and just find out more about the seminary. And so I decided I should, and I did. And I learned a little bit about Guatemala, a little bit about the missionary team. Um, I learned more about the seminary. I was able to have an interview with the, the dean and the, the rector. And all of those things just really worked out. And I just felt very comfortable with the move here. I didn't see any red flags at all. And it's a joy back to be back in the classroom. That's great. So Kathy, uh, let's talk about your financial support. Can you give us an idea of some of the needs that you have financially in your month-to-month -month support and um, how might those needs impact your ministry um, or your ability to do ministry well? Okay. Um, I traditionally have been very well supported. Um, not Okay, the financial part, not necessarily as strong as in at faith <clears throat> because other support churches that support me that I have far less contact with, personal contact, um, have been supporters who, the, the support has remained or risen. Okay. Um, I also have been around long enough that, that I think all, probably all of my supporters are my age and older, mm -hmm. which we're not spring chickens anymore. So, you know, our life situations change mm -hmm. and, um, you know, some retirement, some are just getting to the point that uh, in retirement, they don't have the kind of income that they used to have. So a lot of those things have, have affected it. Mm -hmm. I would say financially, I probably need a couple hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing about faith is that I've never, I don't know why, but not really been able to tap in with kind of the younger generation, meaning people that are quite a bit younger than me. Yes. So my age <laughs> and people, the students that you're teaching, the age of the people that you're reaching, maybe. Some of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely some of them. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I probably need about $200 a month um, to be fully supported. All right. How does that affect me? Day to day, it does 
not affect me as much right now because during my earlier years, I was to some extent over-supported okay. and then had gifts, financial gifts that I had never expected come in. And so really for the past couple of years, um, in low support months, that, um, that cushion has been used to meet, you know, different needs that I've had. Um, but the cushion is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Mm -hmm. And so just, just calculating things, um, probably about $200 a month to be fully supported and not be concerned about the cushion. Yes. Getting thinner and thinner. Yes. And that's as simple as one person picking up support and joining your team or two or three people sharing that cost. And that's not difficult. I think that it, um, I would encourage you, if you're listening and you feel led to join Kathy's team and you feel like I could do that, I could be a part of that and fill that for Kathy. Um, we encourage you to reach out, join Kathy's team. You would send an email to missions at faithliveitout.org. And um, we'd love to have you join Kathy's support team. And I think, Kathy, we can do it. What do you think? I think it's not a hard ask. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And I also want to recognize that Faith has a great um, care, the care team's idea. I know that there are people who are praying for me. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are people who are going to help me kind of get established again when I'm there and help, help set up different meetings and things like that where I can share with people. And some of them are financial supporters, some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. So I know I have great prayer support and a great care team. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm encouraged to hear that. So if someone were to join your team, Kathy, what's one thing about your ministry that you would want them to know? Or one thing you'd want to say to them? Okay, well, one thing um, is that I do send out monthly prayer updates. At the beginning, I only sent something, I don't know, every three months or something like that. That was snail mail days. But that I do send... Um, monthly updates so people can be aware of what I'm, you know, of how things are going, what's changed, what are still needs, things like that. And then another thing that I would say is believers who live in other countries are well worth the investment. And I feel that that's really what I'm doing right now. I'm investing in believers overseas who are already pastoring or already serving or want to serve in their churches. Yes. And I'm helping to give them um, some of the tools that they need to do that. Mm -hmm. So they would be, by investing in you, they are enabling you to be able to do that and grow God's kingdom. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Well, Kathy, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, something maybe that didn't come up in our time together or um, something that you've personally been learning in your time with God or um, he's been teaching you? 
Um, one thing that I have not mentioned is the church I attend. Mm -hmm. um, Guatemala, even though we might read that the, um, the number of Christians is quite high, it doesn't take long to live here, to listen to people, and to visit a variety of churches, which I did, to learn that the church in general is not strong here at all. Okay. But God has led me to a church that really is growing. Excellent teaching. Um, people, some who have been dissatisfied or they were so burned out in churches that weren't teaching the truth, they've gravitated to this church or other churches that really are teaching the truth. Um, many churches here have their Sunday meetings and they have their Tuesday meetings and they have their Thursday meetings and they have their Saturday meetings. Wow. But there's not a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. And so the church that I'm blessed to be a part of is I'm there Sunday morning and I'm encouraged to be involved in a missional community, which I am and which I host in my apartment. All the people are way younger than I am, but it is such a blessing to now not be so active because I have to be in the church all those times. Rather, the emphasis is live out your faith in the community, the missional community that you're a part of. And it has been a breath of fresh air. Wow, that sounds really wonderful. And just such a story of God's provision to you, also his goodness yes. to you to lead this, lead you to this church and be a part of this group. Mm -hmm. And we're glad for you, celebrating with that with you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Kathy, I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much for carving out time to record our Go Time podcast. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out in this way. And I thoroughly have enjoyed it. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to my interview with Kathy. If you were encouraged in the podcast and you want to join her support team, in the show, I mentioned that you could send an email to missions at faithliveitout.org. Yes, you can do that, but we've also made it even easier on you. You can go ahead and click on the link in our show notes connected to the commitment form. On the form, you can select that you would like to join the support team for Kathy, and we will reach out to you through email. Thank you for engaging in our GoTime content and listening to the podcast. If you have questions about other events and other parts of our GoTime conference, you'll find all the information that you need on our homepage, faithchurchindy.com, and our GoTime page, faithchurchindy.com slash GoTime.